right, DJ catches into the front court. DJ to Keelan Boone. Keelan right, left side. A three for Keelan is an air ball, and Reno's going to win the game. On ESPN Las Vegas. What a change in, in highlights. <laughs> those, those were positive, positive, positive. Air ball. And then air ball to lose the game. Good job, Danny. Got to keep you on your toes, you know? Yeah, well, keep you on your toes this morning. Yeah, apparently. Where's your coffee? What's happening here? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Daddy has a coffee. I'm about to go search every morning, all every day. Over the building. Nice cold coffee. Cold you say brew. you say you put it in the refrigerator here. Yep, because I even pushed aside a container of eggs so that and I could put it in the fridge. So you put it in the fridge, and then it was gone out of the fridge. Yep. What what amount of time elapsed between you putting it in the fridge and you realizing it was no longer in the fridge? Uh, from about six o'clock until about five minutes ago. And so about an hour's worth of time yeah. went by here. Yep. And you're saying in the whole building at this time in the morning there are eight people. Roughly, give or take. And you believe you've talked to all but one. <laughs> from what I from what I've been told, there is somebody in the building that usually isn't in here at this time and I have not talked to that person, but I'm about to go on a goose hunt. And he's also you also checked all the trash cans. In the kitchen, yes. Wow. This is interesting. This might be the whole show. <laughs> Who cares about UNLV basketball <laughs> at this point? It's very upsetting. I because I I know for a fact I am the only person who gets coffee in the mornings, and I know for a fact that my coffee actually has my name on it because I pre-ordered it ahead of time. Well, yeah, I I don't think anybody of the other eight people in the building have the Dunkin' Donuts coffee. No, that you have. I don't, I don't think anybody mistook. Oh, this is oh mine. yeah, this is mine. This large coffee. It's a big one. But too. I also I also can't imagine anybody in this building right now being like, oh, free coffee in the fridge. I do want to see someone walking by <laughs> drinking it. I want to see someone walking by the studio taking a big sip. It's not gonna go well. Oh man! All Are right, you, you I, gonna be able to get through the show? I'm gonna go find who it is. <laughs> I hope by 10 a.m. No we breaks. have an answer. To the coffee problem. The this coffee is a coffee thief. mystery, man. I honestly, I, I don't want to accuse Danny of like being a liar, but I think it's more likely Danny didn't get a coffee. Right, this exactly. You've oh got no, one trust everywhere. me, I but, got one. Yeah, I don't like. Are I, you sure it's not back where you cut the sound or something like that? You like put it down and you forgot. <laughs> no, I don't take it to my desk until after the show. This is this I, is amazing. I can't wait this to find out where Danny's coffee see, is. I want to see who took this thing. It's going to be a great day. What if someone was peeking in the window right now and taking a with big the sip coffee out of it? with oh, the that'd coffee? Be great. Like that'd be awesome right now. It's not going to be fun. Here we go, coffee. Danny. The first bite is tonight a must-win for Kevin Kruger. Well, to stay on my track for thirteen and five, no, it is. So you better win that. the game. He better Nobody win the game. Yes, for thirteen, 13 and, five. and five. Yes. <laughs> Keep on track for that. So, obviously, this is not by any means a must-win for like the NCAA tournament because no, that the, the only thing that matters for that is winning the Mountain West tournament, right? Right. So they could lose the rest of their regular season games and win the Mountain West Tournament, and none of these you could consider must-wins. The bigger question I have is more about Kevin Kruger specifically and job security-wise. If he loses to Air Force twice in one year, if they get swept by Air Force, who, by the way, has one conference win this season, and it's against UNLV, if they were to get swept by Air Force and he misses the NCAA Tournament in his third season – does he get a fourth season? 
Uh, if they miss the NCAA tournament, that's a good that's a good question, and they lose twice to Air Force. Now, if they if they win the conference tournament, none of this matters. Right. If he, if he wins, if he loses but tonight, none of this matters. The odds of them winning the conference tournament are about less than five percent. So that's sort of a foolish thing to assume will happen. Well, you don't assume it. It could. Yeah, but it's less than five percent. So if he if his hope is I've got to win the conference tournament to keep my job, he's fired. Unless he wins it, there's a there's a ninety six percent chance he's yeah, getting but, fired. That's so fire. You're saying there's a chance? No, I'm not. They're not <laughs> winning the conference tournament. They're going to lose to Air Force in the first round of the conference <laughs> tournament, most likely. But I think if you're an athletic director, it would be pretty easy to point to okay, three years no NCAA tournament. Obviously, that's bad. And in your third year, you got swept by Air Force, and not not one of the good Air Force teams. You got swept by a bad Air Force team. That would be a pretty good way to say, all right, you were supposed to have something close to or that was an NCAA tournament-level team, and for some reason you lost to Air Force twice. So this is about as close to a must-win game between two teams that aren't going to the NCAA tournament as you could possibly have for a coach. I don't think in the large scope of things, I, I really believe it's how he finishes the season. Like if he got to the final of the conference tournament loss, I think he, I think he could still get a fourth year. Um, I don't know. The, the funny thing is, no one knows what uh, the AD is thinking at this point. We, you know, and and the, I thought truly the day that it came across that Marcus Arroyo got fired for a second, like I was surprised. Yeah, I was like, oh, you know, like, and I saw it on Twitter. I'm like, whoa, I, did, did he really fire him? Um, I might think that way this time too. I, I don't. No one knows. No one knows what uh, yeah. Harper's thinking. The firing of Arroyo is interesting in the context of Kevin Kruger because that was three years for Marcus Arroyo. This will be the end of three years for Kevin Kruger, and Harper already showed us he was willing to pull the trigger after three years for a guy that he didn't hire, which Eric Harper did not hire Kevin Kruger, right? He was here for both hires when Desiree Reed-Francois made them, but Harper did not make the hire of Kevin Kruger. I think Kevin Kruger is going to get a fourth season. I do too. And I think it. I think there's three main reasons I don't know if any of these are actually good reasons. Excuse me, but I think there are three main reasons. The first one, he hasn't had disaster teams. Yes, they have had disaster losses, but they have been a top 100 Ken Pond team all three years that Kruger has been here. Now, the highest they've ever been ranked is 90, so they're just inside the top 100, but they've been top 100 for all three of Kruger's years. The previous seven years before Kevin Kruger, they had one top 100 finish, and it was a TJ Otzelberger year. Like this, he has had better teams than the previous seven years. Now, nobody gets excited about finishing in the it's top 100, right? Like that's not a that's not truly an accomplishment. But his teams have been better than what the previous seven years were. That's the first reason they don't have any sort of Marvin Menzies level just disaster season out there. The second reason is money. Next year, Kevin Kruger's scheduled to make $775,000 as the head coach. He's going to be the seventh highest paid coach in the Mountain West. In the Mountain West. Like, he's not a high paid coach. And then he makes $800,000 the following season because there's a little bit of a raise worked in there. So, for the next two years, UNLV can pay Kevin Kruger $1.58 million to be their basketball coach. His buyout, if he gets fired after this season, is $2.35 million. He gets UNLV would pay him more money to fire him 
than they would to just let him coach the final two years of that contract. So the way his buyout is structured, it's almost like there's an extra year on his contract. So it's going to cost UNLV more money to fire him than to let him coach. So he's relatively cheap, and if you fire him, you got to pay him more money than you would if you just let him coach. I think that will come into the um, decision-making of Eric Harper. And then the third reason, and this is where the context with Marcus Arroyo fits in, Kevin Kruger's likable. Well, I mean, <laughs> did you just compare him in the same sentence with Marcus Arroyo? We're, we're talking about a coach after three years who hasn't accomplished the main goal of the program. And I, I genuinely believe part of the reason Arroyo got fired is that nobody liked him. Oh, I totally believe I that. genuinely I totally believe that, that was part of the decision-making. Yes. And with Kruger, he's extremely I, – I like Kevin Kruger. I don't know anybody. You don't like anybody. I, right. I don't know anybody who, who dislikes Kevin Kruger. I'm sure there are people that dislike Kevin Kruger. Maybe he stole Danny's coffee. But I'm sure there are. <laughs> Wait a minute. He's in Colorado Springs at this point. We don't know that. We, we do. don't know. But he is likable. People like Kevin Kruger. And so it's a lot easier to bring a guy back and give him that extra chance or whatever you want to say when everybody seems to like the guy, whereas with Arroyo – Nobody liked him. No, I mean, nobody liked him. It was like, all right, so we didn't go to a bowl game again. But that was on him, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was on him. Right. We didn't go to a bowl game. Nobody likes this guy. All right, let's move on. With Kruger, yeah, we didn't go to the NCAA tournament again. But, n- you know, not everybody's miserable showing up to work because people like Kevin Kruger. So I, those are my three reasons. Now, I don't know if any of those are actually good reasons, right? Like a likable coach doesn't really matter at the end of the day. You could have the biggest ass running your program, but if he's going to the NCAA tournament, and he's making like final fours, you're probably going to take that. The money side of it, it matters, but from a fan standpoint, you don't really care if the co- what the buyout money is. Just get a coach that wins. And then not being a disaster is not the greatest reason. But those are my three reasons that I think he gets a fourth year. Well, I think he gets a fourth year regardless of any of that. I, I mean, if I, they I, lose I out, then year. then the, then he's getting fired. But Well, he's not going to lose yeah. out. Yeah, I'd they're say tonight. they're – I'd have to. I need to do the math on this. I wonder if their odds of losing out—they're probably about the same as their odds of winning the Mountain West tournament. Out. Oh, excuse me, they're not losing. They're not winning out either, which is what you. Well, need. I've got them at thirteen and five. <laughs> They've got to win out. <laughs> Will UNLV be able to defend backdoor cuts tonight? I think they're going to be a lot better. Well, they have to be. They lost by thirty-two. They lost by thirty-two. They lost by thirty-two. They're going to be a lot better tonight than they were in that game. They're going to win tonight. They, they, they're going to win tonight. They kind of sh- need to win. Yeah, they're going to win. Six-point favorites. That surprised me a little. It should be higher. Yeah, it should be higher. It should be higher. Air, Air Force is bad. Air Force is terrible. They're one in eleven. They're really bad. The only reason there's any like if they had not played Air Force yet, we'd be like, oh, they're going to win the game by thirty. You and we probably said that when they played them at Thomas. Well, and yeah, I, I think we did. Yeah, because yeah. Air Force is terrible. They hadn't. They have won one game since December third. One. That's a long time. Yes, and it was by thirty-two yeah. against UNLV. They're not good. So if we're in here, listen, and if we're in here tomorrow talking about Air Force having two wins since December 3rd, Kevin Kruger's not coming back for a fourth year. I still think he would. <laughs> I still think he's coming back. for. I think he's coming back for fourth year regardless. He might not be coming back for the fourth day of the week if they lose to Air Force, let alone for a fourth year. I think he's coming back. So they play Air Force tonight, 8 o'clock start, which, oh, by the way, 8 o'clock start, 9, nine o'clock start nine o'clock in Colorado. In Colorado. Yeah. yeah. What are they doing to the poor cadets? TV. Well, yeah, and the cadets are up these at like four or five. They're not going to go to sleep. No. The cadets are up. The cadets are up at, uh, right. at dawn. Where, before that. When, what time 
do these basketball players for Air Force specifically because they got their weird schedules? What time do you think they're in bed tonight? Nine, eleven, shower, and get back to the dorms. Probably an hour after the, 12, the final whistle blows. Twelve, twelve, twelve thirty. You think they're in bed an hour after the final whistle? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Do Air Force kids shower? <laughs> like they're good. They're probably gonna get them off the court and say, "Hey, quick shower." Get back to your get back to your beds. Get back to the barracks or the dorms, whatever they call them. Man, lights out. What if they win lights by thirty-two out. again? If they win by thirty-two, they're not sleeping. They should not have to wake up for whatever they have At to do. Five a.m. Yeah, they party get, in Colorado they should get the Springs. Day off. They don't even yeah. need to party. Just get they get the day off they get if they win by thirty-two. If yeah. they have two wins in two and a half months, they should get to party. <laughs> Every Air Force win is a day off for the entire campus. Everybody gets it off. They. That basketball team would be—they'd be hated right now because they don't give them any days off. If they beat UNLV tonight and then beat them again in the tournament, oh, that's not—they might get like Joe Scott's the best coach in the country. Joe Scott's getting a tenth year, and I don't even know how long he's been back since he's come back. He might get his own day—the Joe Scott day. All right, coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, we'll get into the Golden Knights after they lost to the Predators last night. The man popping out high—it's Martinez, right side. Petrangelo shoots, he scores. Petrangelo ties it 1-1. Third goal of the season for Petrangelo. Now back to the press box on ESPN Las Vegas. It only took about 15 minutes and the coffee. The coffee caper has been solved. Danny, would you like to just Danny's mad. Maybe I should describe what happened here. Yeah, uh, I'm not too happy. This is this is the most angry I've seen, Danny. Yeah. Well, he's the headache's already seeping in. I, uh, I'd be upset if I was Danny, too. Danny put his coffee that he has every morning in the fridge, which, by the way, quick question. How often do you do that? In the fridge? Yeah. Every morning, because okay. I don't oh, touch it no. until the All show right. starts. So it's oh. in there every morning. Um, so Danny put his coffee in the fridge when he got here, was here for about an hour before the store, uh, show started. Somebody, uh, Steph McKenzie from the morning show on our <laughs> sister station. Somebody decided that she was going to clean out the refrigerator this morning and threw Danny's coffee away. So she took a uh, full coffee, completely full. It's not like Danny had drank half of this. He hadn't had any of it yet. And she threw it away while cleaning out the refrigerator. Yeah, not happy. I wouldn't be either. I'd be quite annoyed as well. If uh, I, I had my McGriddle this morning, if somebody threw that away before I got a chance to eat it, I'd be disappointed too. Sorry, Danny. You look you look just ter- terrible right now. Eh, I'll get coffee after the show. <laughs> When's Jared showing up? Tell Jared to yeah, bring you a Jared coffee. Yeah, tell Jared to bring it. When does he Oh, he might need to cuz I have to do the arena after this. Yeah, tell Jared yeah. to bring you a coffee. We don't need we don't know when Jared comes. When's I Jared don't either. Come? Does Jared know when Jared comes? Uh, he's usually here by like 9ish. Yeah. I know yesterday he couldn't cuz he was having car problems, but he should well, be here today. Let's know. This would have been so much better if someone would have had it, like stolen it and drank it and like walked. Oh, we would have enjoyed the story much more. If, if someone would have actually yeah. taken it. If Steph like, had just been drinking it. Drinking it as she like peered in the window. Yeah. Would that that would have been much better. Throwing it away. Danny would have not had coffee in either scenario, so he would not have been happy, but would have yeah. been much funnier. I don't know which one would be worse. <sighs> They're both pretty bad. Both pretty bad. Yeah. Golden Knights lost last night to the Predators 5-3. to three. Shea Theodore made his return to the lineup, but Mark Stone left the game injured uh, because this team is not allowed to be healthy. Stone collided with Yakov Trinan of Nashville. They both look like they just ran into each other. They weren't 
uh, neither one saw the other one. This wasn't some sort of dirty hit. Uh, Stone ended up leaving the game. It didn't appear as though he hit his head, whether on the, the actual collision or when he fell to the ice. Uh, but Mark Stone left the game. Mark Stone did not return. Bruce Cassidy, after the game, said there was no update on Mark Stone. Potentially, there never we'll get, is. Yeah, potentially we'll get more information. Uh, but Mark Stone left the game last night. I mean, I don't know what again, the level of concern who knows there should until, be. Yeah, until they come back. Well, they're off today. Yeah. So unless there there'll be an update tomorrow. And we'll see if he's playing tomorrow night yeah. against Toronto. That's probably what we'll get. So two things. One, Bruce Cassidy last night said no update. How how do teams get away with this? How do we, and by we I mean the media, how do we let them get away with this? Well, I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, he, I mean, ha- he has an update on Mark Stone. Sure, he knows what happened. Yeah. Does he, when, you, when, when a coach walks in and says there's no update, you're telling me they don't know what Mark Stone hurt? What part of the body? I mean, Mark you could Stone follow up, but he's not going to answer it yeah. once he says there's no update. And also, Mark Stone didn't return to the game, so right. somebody diagnosed him with some sort of timeline. Absolutely, and that timeline was at the minimum: you're not playing tonight. Right, you're not going back in. Right, so somebody there knows something, and, and they related Bruce Cassidy to the head coach. has to know that information. Head coach has to know, and yet every time a player gets hurt, ah, we don't know. Right, we don't know anything yet. Like, yeah, you do. You probably know as much now as you're going to know in the morning. Well, you know at least what it was. Yeah. In the morning, what are you going to learn? Ah, oh, Mark Stone woke up sore. Right. Yeah, okay. Well, we knew that because he injured blank right. or something like that. The one major concern that I have anytime Mark Stone gets hurt is that he had two back surgeries, right? It, basically, a year ago is when he had his second back surgery. And so anytime there's a Mark Stone injury and it's not apparent of what hit that injury what it is, is the back injury part of it, it always jumps out to me and says, oh, that could be bad. So we don't know what it is, but this is a, a case where Stone having back surgery two different times last season is, or during the whole course of last season, is potentially an issue here. Or at least maybe one of the scarier issues is, uh-oh, what if it's his back again? If he's out a significant amount of time. That hurts. How much trouble do you think the Golden Knights are in from a playoff standing standpoint? I still think they're making the playoffs, but Edmonton's creeping. They're only three behind with four in hand. Yeah, their points percentage is better than, the than Vegas. Yes, The Golden Knights actually do not have a top 10 record overall in the NHL right now. Um, and so if Stone's out, they're probably not going to play better. I guess they could. Stone they, and Eichel. Yeah, well, they, they're fine without Eichel. <laughs> that guy. Um, but the Golden Knights, the interesting one to me, they're six points ahead of the Kings. The Kings have two games in hand. If Stone is out for a significant amount of time, plus Eichel being out until sometime Whenever. in March or something like that, are they in danger of finishing outside the top three in the Pacific? Could both Edmonton and L.A. catch them? I'm not so sure about L.A., but I do think Edmonton can catch I think Edmonton can catch them soon. Like I said, four games in hand, only three points. Up, three points. They've lost, the Knights have lost three games at home. Now they play a, a better – yeah. three, three, excuse me, three in a row. They play a better team than they just lost to the last couple times tomorrow night. Yep. And then they go on the road for five, I think. Yeah. So this could be the situation where the time for Edmonton to uh, overtake them. Yeah. And depending on how well they play, uh, they're presumably not catching Vancouver at this point. They're 10 back. Vegas has two in hand, so it's not quite 10, but they're 10 back of Vancouver. Edmonton has a better point 
percentage right now. Technically, they're in third place by points percentage. And then LA is not too far behind at this point. Only four back. I. This is the interesting part is could they fall to a wild card spot? They're too good to fall out of the playoffs, I presume. Right. But could they fall to a wild card spot? I think if you're missing Stone for a significant amount of time, that's a that's a possibility that you could fall to a wild card spot because LA is playing better now. LA was really good to start the year, then just fell off a cliff, and now they might be back to playing well. And if they are, there are three legitimate teams that could catch and pass the Golden Knights or stay ahead of the Golden Knights and push them to a wild card spot. And if you get to a wild card spot now, your first round matchup is Vancouver or potentially Colorado Dallas or Dallas, the best team on the other side of the West. So we'll see what stones out and have home ice, which again, if they're fully healthy, I don't know how much that means. Are they fully, fully healthy? healthy? No, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, who knows? I'm mean, saying if they're fully healthy at that point, I just don't think with this team, home ice matters as much. I don't think it does either. Um, it is much more about who's in the lineup when we get to the postseason. Right. Right. If Eichel and Stone are both good to go yeah. for the playoffs, I think this team is – I mean, wild card having to go to Colorado in round one is going to suck. But I think this team is mostly fine if they have those guys. But – who's to say both of them come back healthy for the start of the playoffs at this point? And who's to say even if they do, somebody else doesn't get hurt? Right. We literally just saw Shea Theodore first game back, and they lost Mark Stone. Right. Like, that's a also a possibility that, okay, we got Stone and Eichel back. Uh-oh, two other guys got hurt because it's hockey, and that's what happens. One other thing, Cody Glass scored last night. Yeah, he did. Nights. Gave a 2-1 lead at the end of the first period. He did. Um Gave them the lead for good. It was yeah. just his second goal of the season. He's the Air Force of goal scoring. <laughs> that was his first goal since December 9th. <laughs> He'd been healthy scratched also. Though. Yes. He's yeah. He's, he's been, not playing he's a lot. Not playing Only 28 games played yeah, so far this year. I don't know his entire history, but I don't think most most of that I think is not injury related. It's right. just no, I think it's healthy. He's not getting he's picked. Not that good. Got picked last night, put one in the back of the net, and great first round pick. Right. Two goals since December 9th. Air Force, Cody Glass, they're kind of the same person. Coming up next, we'll jump into the NBA as Noah Dalzell joins us from SB Nation. He should be the leading candidate for MVP right now that Joel Embiid is out of the mix. He's the best player on the best team. And it ain't like he averaging 18 or 19. The brother averaging 27 a night. He's the primary target for every defense that schemes against Boston. And they're still the best team in the NBA. And he plays on both sides of the ball, averaging 27 a night. Come on, y'all. At some point in time, we just got to call it what it is. This is a regular season we talk about here. It ain't about his performance in the finals a couple of years ago. It's about right now. Follow the guys on Twitter, at Ed Graney and at Bischoff underscore Tyler. Joining us now from SB Nation covering the Celtics is Noah Dalzell. Good morning, Noah. Thanks for joining us. Hey, how's it going? Good. Good. All right, before we get into any Celtic stuff, I do need to bring you up to date on what's happened this morning with our show. Our wonderful producer, Danny, drinks a coffee from Dunkin' Donuts every morning. Danny, by the way, how big is that? We're talking like a 32-ounce coffee, right? No, it's whatever their large is. Yeah, know, we're like talking like a 32-ounce coffee. 20, 24-ounce um, coffee. So every morning he has one of these. Uh, he puts it in the fridge when he gets here, waits like an hour till our show starts, and then he starts drinking it. We have other radio stations in the building, our sister stations, and somebody on one of our rock morning shows decided to clean out the fridge and threw away Danny's entirely full coffee this morning. Oh, you have my sympathy. Yeah. 
So Danny's not very happy. Have you ever cleaned out a fridge and decided to throw away an entirely full coffee? You know, I've been working remote for so long that I can't even remember the last time, but I would never touch my roommate's coffee, that's for sure. <laughs> so Danny's struggling. Um, he's uh, This is, honestly, it's the most angry I've seen Danny. So uh, anything Danny says, keep that in mind throughout the course of the I show. I won't take it personal. Yeah, that's where we're at now. So we played some Stephen A. Smith audio coming in there. With Joel Embiid hurt, do you agree with Stephen A.? Should Jason Tatum be in this conversation? Should he be a front runner for MVP? He should absolutely be in the conversation. I think even if Embiid was playing, he should be in the conversation. You know, there's a couple of people that are, are great candidates right now. I would put Jokic up there. I'd put SGA up there. Um, things are th- one of the things that Tatum has going for him is I think I heard that in the clip. Is, you know, he does play on both ends, and I would love to see when we're discussing these different players and their offensive end, you know, production to also take defense into account. And Tatum's been a really solid defender for the Celtics as well. Um, I don't know if he's going to win. I think he does have a really talented cast around him. And if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't have a second half of the season scoring surge, he's probably not going to win just because at the end of the day, people look at gaudy numbers and he's a little bit behind the pack as far as just like overall scoring output. But you know, he might be one of the, the finalists here. I wouldn't be surprised if he is. Uh, you retweeted this, but uh, at All-Star Weekend, they asked a bunch of NBA players a bunch of random questions about other NBA players, and Jalen Brown is somebody that a lot of people want to read a book from. Uh, wh- what is it about yeah. Jalen Brown that would lead to people wanting to read a book from him? Yeah, I think he's a really misunderstood player, honestly. I know he he gets a lot of national scrutiny for a couple of things that have been totally blown out of proportion, like the whole inability to dribble with his left hand, um, <laughs> now the dunk contest, too, I, I think... There's been a couple of things that people that aren't following the Celtics on a day-to-day basis don't really understand what kind of person he is, what kind of player he is. Um, I think he's at the top of the list as it comes, you know, when it comes to guys that are actually impacting their community, getting involved in, in everything and ever, in anything that is kind of going to benefit society. So earlier this year, he was at the State House lobbying on a criminal justice reform bill. Um, he's right now in Puerto Rico working on some charitable efforts, um, trying to see how he can increase education access there. He's talked extensively about racial justice. Like, I think he's just one of those people that basketball is a part of his life, but it's really important to him that he uses the platform and the money that he's been able to get through this career to impact the world. And I think a lot of other, a lot of his, you know, other athletes in the NBA know that about him and they respect him and recognize that. And I don't know if it's something that everybody you know, just follows the league or follows other fan bases understands that this is kind of core to who he is. And it's a big part of the reason why people in Boston love him. I was wondering uh, about uh, recent years and your take on what's different. What what will be different if they win it this year? Yeah, a couple things. So first, ultimately, you have two guys that are 25 and 26 that are not only in their physical prime now in, in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, um, but they're kind of past the point of having to prove themselves on an individual basis. They've had really good teams around them for the last five, six years. These guys were also asserting themselves as like, yes, I'm an all-star. I'm an all-NBA type player. Jalen Brown, you know, wanted to get the Supermax contract. He was, you know, barely even in the rotation when he was a rookie. So I think these are guys that came in with a lot of expectations and had to prove things individually that they were here to stay and they were here to have long NBA careers. And so I don't want to say that necessarily always negatively impacted the team because I don't think they've ever been selfish players. But that weight has been lifted off their shoulder as far as proving their own individual worth on the basketball court. And it's all about the team now. And you can see that. You can see that they both play a lot more kind of with the team in mind. They're, they're both playing slower. They're both averaging career highs in assists and kind of 
focusing more on playmaking. And then next to them, you have a guy, Christoph Przingis, that has just been a cheat code for them offensively. I mean, it's just watching them down the stretch. It's like, okay, we're going to run a Derek White, Christoph Przingis pick and roll. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can hang out in the corner. It's like it's a completely different dynamic than what previous teams have looked like. Um, so I would say between their kind of evolving maturity and kind of self-confidence and not having to prove themselves night in and night out, and then the additions of Christoph Przingis and, and Drew Holiday as well, I think he brings kind of the championship pedigree. He brings this just enormous defensive understanding. Uh, there's a couple of different dynamics here that I think have come into play, uh, not to mention Joe Mazzula, it, it being his second year versus his first year with no time to prep for the season. So I think it does feel like a very different team. Everybody's talked about it. All the players have said it. You know, they've all been on very in many competitive teams, but this team feels uniquely unselfish and uniquely kind of well-suited to win a championship. doesn't mean they'll win a championship. There's a couple of teams that can see winning a championship, but I think they have all the necessary ingredients to do so. They've been, during this run, they've been one of the top three defensive teams in the league basically every year. I think they're third right now in defensive rating. You mentioned Porzingis on offense. What's he done defensively? How has he helped the Celtics on the defensive end? Super underrated defender. He's one of the, he leads, he's one of the league leaders in opponent's field goal percentages. I think he holds opponents to like 42% shooting, which is pretty remarkable. He's been a, a rim protector. I don't want to say he's been a Rob Williams-level rim protector because when Rob Williams was at his absolute best, he was in a class of his own. But considering what he's able to do on offense, he's kind of as good as it gets. So, you know, defensively, Przingis has been an anchor for them. He's also been a lot more, like, agile and switchable than I had anticipated heading into this year. I hadn't watched a ton of Przingis previously, um, but it's clear that he's taken increased emphasis to that end of the floor. And then the other thing is that you have around him a starting lineup with no defensive liabilities. I mean, not even close. You have... Drew Holiday and Derek White, two of the best backcourt defenders in the league, and then Jalen and Jason, who are as good as a guest, really, when it comes to locking down opposing wings when they're locked in to do so. So there's really no holes. That's kind of what has made this defense so remarkable and so consistent. Who's the worst matchup for them in the East? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, in theory, I think a healthy 76ers team, and I think probably other people in the Celtics world would disagree with me, um, I just I worry about a healthy Joel Embiid just because I don't think Porzingis is at all a good matchup for him. So you're putting a lot on Al Horford. Um, so that would probably be my number one. I don't think we're going to see a healthy Joel Embiid, unfortunately. So it, it, maybe in, in this current world, it's not it's not as much uh, you know one to worry about. Uh, maybe the Knicks, just because I think the Knicks have so much depth, but then they're a little bit more of an unknown element. Um, but I'm not particularly. I'm not particularly worried about any other team in the East. I think it's probably probably going to be a, a more of a tough finals matchup. Although I will say, I have to say this, that the Miami Heat should be taken seriously each and every year. I know they haven't had the best season so far, um, but I think it's it's uh, irresponsible to not, not at least include them in that short list. Is the best matchup any team coached by Doc Rivers? Ooh, I hate to say it, but I think so. I don't think, <laughs> yeah, I think as soon as that coaching switch happened, the Bucks went down a little bit for me. And also just seeing that team, they're just, they're front, you know, they have a couple of really good players, but they're not, they're not deep and they don't seem to really have their team identity figured out. So I think this year they're not, they're not particularly of concern. I mean, that could change. We've seen teams go on crazy all-star, you know, post-all-star break runs like the Celtics did. But right now, yeah, I, I'm, they don't look, they don't look too good. Before we let you go, I do need to ask you because I uh, you cover the Connecticut Sun of the WNBA a little bit. Do you have any hope that they could beat the Las Vegas Aces this year? Oh, it'll be tough. I think there's a couple of really stacked WNBA teams. 
Um, but the Connecticut Sun retained their core from last year, and they have one of the best players in the league, Alyssa Thomas. And um, these are short, shorter series too, so anything can happen. Um, I think they're up there. You know, it'll be a tough, tough for anyone to defeat the Aces, but uh, they're at, they have as good a chance as anyone. I just want them to push the Aces to a fifth game. That's all I've been asking for for two years, <laughs> and the Aces win too many damn games. Uh, she is Noah Dalzell covering the Celtics for SB Nation. Noah, thank you so much Thanks, for Noah, joining appreciate us. appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one. So there's Noah Dalzell. The East this year, we'll get to some Doc Rivers stuff in a little bit later in the show. This is as, as like much of a paved path as the Celtics could have, right? And they've had paved paths yeah, I mean, if, recently. If Embiid is actually going to come back healthy, that would change the conversation quite a bit. Right. But if Embiid's not healthy or not playing even, whatever the hell the Bucks are right now, yeah, they're a disaster. I mean, Cleveland's been playing well recently. The Knicks have been pretty good for a little bit, but not to the level where you think they'll beat Boston. Who do you believe in more, Cleveland or OKC, OKC in the uh, in the uh, West? Ah, uh, OKC. You do? Yeah, I think they're both in than second Cleveland. place in their respective uh, conferences. Yeah, I think they're better than Cleveland. Um, Cleveland, Cleveland might have a better chance to get like to a conference final. If the Bucks and the Sixers are truly broken or beaten down or whatever, whereas OKC to get to the conference final is going to have to might have beat, to go through the Clippers, or something yeah, like that. Like they might they they might have a Clippers they might have to beat the Clippers and the the Nuggets to get to the right. NBA Finals or something like that. But I if they were playing in a series, I think I'd take OKC over the Cleveland Cavaliers. But they're good. They I mean Cleveland finishing as a two seed, yeah. Wouldn't have picked that at any point to start the season. All right, coming up next, we're going to get into some Major League Baseball. But first, we got a new text line for you people that can't understand Tark. Today's word is not Tark. We're trying to give away $2,024. This is a Lotus Wide Broadcast. We're giving away $2,024 every day for the next 28 days, or at least next 28 days we're on the air. So, Here's what you're going to do. We're going to give you a keyword every day. It changes every day. You just have to text that keyword to 702-364-1100, and you are entered. Today's keyword is Sinatra. Sinatra. <laughs> S-I-N. S-I-N-A-T-R-A. Sinatra. Text Sinatra to 702-364-1100. That's all you got to do, and you're entered to win. It's 2024 Dollars that you will be entered to win. 702-364-1100. The word to text is Sinatra. The word is Sinatra. We're gonna. I'm gonna have to deal with this for a whole month. We got a month of this, and I've got people just texting in the wrong word. Are there any more fun, difficult sounding words that like like Tark? It could sound like oh, many yes. other words. Oh yeah, there's there's quite a few of these. People oh, are gonna be able to have fun with this. Um, so again. We're trying to give away $2,024. It didn't seem like it'd be this difficult. Yeah, you'd think so. All you have to do is text the keyword. There's a new keyword every day. All you got to do is text it to 702-364-1100. Today's word is Sinatra. Fun word. Put it in there. Text it off. Uh, but people like to have fun, apparently, and screw with me and give us words. We've got more people texting in Tark today than we did yesterday when Tark was the word. Uh, also, shout out to Matthew who texted in Pinata. That's uh, the creative one we've gotten so far. I like Stevens, the chairman of the board. Oh, yes. None of those are going to get you entered to win, by the way. Also, I have no idea what that means, but great response. Sinatra is the word. Uh, Danny has had a bad morning. His coffee was thrown away. But 
the person who did it. Oh yeah, without, oh, have an update. without right. me saying anything. Like she knew that I was upset. She emailed me and offered to replace it, and I have accepted the offer. <laughs> so it'll be great. So Steph threw away your coffee, and now she's willing to buy you a new coffee. Yes, you accepted that. Of course. What do you mean? Why would you wouldn't accept that? I don't turn down coffee. Wait, what? You're she's not going to give you that? money. She's going to give you money. Or she's going to go buy the coffee. No, she's going to buy the coffee. She asked what the order was. All right, maybe I'd accept that. I don't know if someone's giving. You me wouldn't money. accept the money. I don't know. It could go know. towards your turkey sandwiches. <laughs> that is true, dude. I could uh, switch it over to Jimmy John's. If I threw away your Jimmy John sandwich and then offered to pay you back for it, you wouldn't accept it? I might accept it if you go get me another one. Okay. You might. If what? someone shows up and says, I got you a sandwich, yeah, I would what? take it in a heartbeat. Why? Why are you? Yeah. And again, I love. Da- Danny sandwiches. would take the sandwich. Danny if I showed up with sandwich. your sandwich, Danny, Danny would, would take, take it. My sandwich. Yeah. If you're questioning whether or not you should take it, <laughs> I'm taking it. But why? Why are you being I like? I feel like you're taking a, a moral high ground that doesn't need to be taken because in this scenario, I would have been the one that screwed up and threw away your full sandwich or coffee, and now I'm trying to get you a new one. Honest mistake. I mean, yeah, and I'm trying to fix it by getting you a new one. So you accept it, right? Eh. You're going to say no? Money, I I don't know if I, like, if you, like, took out a $10 bill, I don't know, I'd be like, ah, oh, you made an honest mistake. I don't want your money. You have to get him a Jimmy John's gift card. Well, that way, yeah, that way I'd have to take you it because to. there's no, yeah, you know, there's no other way to I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I mean, I'll go to Jimmy John's every now and then, but I'm not going to use a Jimmy John's gift card. You mean if you got one? I mean, yeah, if you gave me one, I'd use one. But if we had one, if somebody gave me a $10 Jimmy John's gift card, right. I would probably give it to you. Okay, because I'm Jimmy John's. Yeah, guy. and like I've been to Jimmy John's, I don't know. I've probably been to Jimmy John's less than 10 times in my entire life. Okay. So Speaking of gift cards, do either of you like pink box? Yes. Do you want a pink box uh, yes. gift card? Okay. I'll give it to you after the show. What this is great. I Steph throwing away your coffee has netted me a pink box gift card. What <laughs> yeah. a great start to my I, morning. They gave them out to everybody at the uh, <laughs> Las Vegas Desert Dogs game. Really? And, and I don't go to pink box. I go nice to Dunkin' job, Donuts man. every day, and I think I've bought one donut in the last year. I'm not a donut guy. Donuts are delicious. How are you not a donut guy? Like I'll I'll have them occasionally, but I'm never ever like, oh my god, I'm craving a donut. Of all the things you eat to just not like donuts. No. I'd much rather have a bagel with cream cheese. That's bizarre. Oh. Donuts are delicious. Look at you. Oh. You love the bagels. Oh yeah. The bagels with the cream cheese. Absolutely. Einstein's? No, bagel cafe. You go all the way in there? What is yeah. Bagel Cafe? Oh, man, yeah. it's delicious. What is it? It's a restaurant. It's oh, a it's New a York Deli New York ca- Bagel Cafe it's place. It's right up here on Buffalo. Yeah. Oh, it's next to where we work. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Buffalo and Summerlin Parkway. Yeah. Oh, okay. A little a little ways away. Yeah. It's a little ways away. My fiance went over the weekend with some friends. I was like, hey, bring me back a bagel and cream cheese. She, go for, she went for a meal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she got like locks or something. Yeah, you get the turkey sandwich there. Oh man, is that all you get anywhere? Is the turkey forget, sandwich? Forget about it. Forget about it. It's great. <laughs> get the uh, with St. Patty's coming up. Corned beef and uh, cabbage. Ooh, it's a large portion. I think their portions delicious. are big. Their portions are big. I think Ed's just getting the turkey sandwich. Yeah, no their matter portions what, are big. probably. 
you could tell them it was a delicious. I would, I'll try the roast beef one, but as just having the turkey over there, I'll throw away your roast beef and cabbage sandwich when you put corn it. Corn beef and cabbage. Sorry, sorry, corn beef and cabbage. I'll throw that away when you leave it on the counter here for two seconds. <laughs> Trust me, I ain't leaving that out of my sight. <laughs> what is your plan with your coffee tomorrow? I'm still gonna get it, and if I get two of them, I have two coffees. No, no. I mean, are you going from here on out? Are you still putting no, your I'm coffee still putting it in, the, in fridge. the fridge? Well, yeah. I hope this time she'd know. There's eight other people in the building but that might haven't. decide to clean out the fridge one morning. Oh no, because I talked to all of them today. They I know. <laughs> they know. What if the fridge is looking dirty, Daddy? Well, then somebody else can clean it after I get my coffee. What if Steph? Every morning, because Steph uses the kitchen more than anybody else. That's yeah, here this she early. cooks breakfast yeah. every day. It's what crazy. if Steph every morning like looks in there and like sees a full coffee because you put one in there, and she just assumed this coffee's been in here for two weeks because it's always in here when I come in. No, because she's here before me, so she sees in the fridge before. She I might do. not use the fridge before then. She makes uh, eggs after I get here. Yeah, that's and she isn't she in there making eggs every day? Yeah, eggs and toast every day. Wow. So I'm just saying, maybe she thought it was a coffee from like two weeks ago because every time she opens it, your coffee's in there. This might know. just might be bad timing. I still wouldn't throw away a full coffee, but might be bad timing. The ice cubes are probably still in there, so maybe I'll I'll switch it up and I'll put it on the door. Oh, that's getting thrown away. Yeah, no, don't you know how in. much stuff is on the door. Nothing gets thrown away on there. Don't put it on the. <laughs> it's door. just on the shelves <laughs> where people put their lunch. I feel like the door is asking for it to get spilled all over the floor. Yeah, the door, especially is well. It's large got it's got the have. the little rails that cover it from spilling. Yeah, some like mustard's gonna hit up against it though. You put stuff on the door of the fridge, and if it's not full, they fall over all the time. It's a disaster. Mustard's taking out your iced coffee one morning. Then you're gonna be upset tomorrow. Oh, if mustard takes out my floor. coffee, I'm taking out the mustard. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your uh, streak on uh, chicken parm stand? Uh, I have had six, and we Since are in the beginning of the year. Yeah, we are in week seven, I believe. So I got to have one more to <laughs> fully catch up. Hope nobody throws away his chicken parm oh, sandwich. Oh man, forget it. Another about one it. doesn't get out of my sight.